Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Cy White. Hello. And joined by Ewan Patterson. Hey, T. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. <laughs> it's going pretty good. It's pretty, it's pretty good is the amount of news things doing the rounds in gaming. Thought we'd do a big old news podcast because there's all sorts of leaks, rumors, conversation, talking points, doing the rounds. First one from, uh, written up by VGC, you've got Cal Kestis slash Cameron Monaghan himself confirming the next Star Wars Jedi game. Um, he was speaking over at the Ocala Comic Con and saying that we are in the process of making a third game right now. He said it's a big undertaking and there have been some conversations so far, but hopefully when all things are said and done, we'll be able to go in and make something really cool. Unsurprised. Do something really cool, Monaghan. <laughs> We're going to make free. good game. Game good. See, I thought we already knew this was coming. I mean, I know that it wasn't always planned out as a trilogy. I guess this is the most he's said it directly since then. Uh, it's weird the way they've laid these. I remember when Fallen Order came out, there was a report from Jason Schreier when, back when he was still at Kotaku. I think mm. it was either just before or after it came out, he was like, because Jedi uh, Fallen Order is getting good projections or it's surpassed those projections after it came out mm -hmm. that a sequel had been greenlit. I think it was a while until that, that was officially confirmed mm -hmm. as right, okay. in development. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt like a given. I mean, Gen Jedi Survivor didn't that sell like a, a buttload of Banther Pudu? Yes. I think it's one of those things where I'm curious <laughs> what the overall <laughs> sales are for this because it did sell really, really well, but obviously the game was like notoriously needed a whole bunch of patches, seven official patches later. It's finally what it should have always been as one of the best games of the year. Um, but I don't know if that affected any of the general reception stuff, if they end up taking a bit longer for part three or whatever. Um, but yeah, side thoughts on the old the old Jedis? Um, yeah, not to bury the pod straight away, but this is like the non-news news, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> good game, get sequel again, like, yeah. We didn't know it was definitely coming. No, of course. It's obviously nice to have that. Yeah. But like, I don't think it is a surprise as you and said, really. Like, first game was big success. Second game also done pretty well. Mm -hmm. I haven't played either of them, so I don't know where the, where the oh story is. I'm God. not a big Star Wars person. I so, so don't care about Star Wars anymore, but I do care about the these little Jedi games and Andor. To be and fair, I look at them, uh, that's quite nice. I feel like I could enjoy that, but the problem is then I start getting back. If I do that, I could get back into Star Wars, and that's a dangerous <laughs> thing. God knows I don't want that. I don't want to get Have near your own the little, like, little corner <laughs> of the galaxy. Little there's Star Wars a, there's Island. A, there's a yeah. guy in this one called Scuba Stev, and he's a wee Scottish crustacean alien who you help fish. <laughs> 
<laughs> I watched the opening cutscene for a video edit and was like, this looks really good. Oh, it is no. actually really, really solid. So maybe solid, I'll yeah. get around to them, you know, pick them up nice and cheap and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I, But I imagine the story's probably still got legs. Oh, I, totally, I yeah. From the sound of it, yeah. So, yeah, cool, good. I'm glad I'm glad for the actor as well because like, yeah. he's great. Really and good. so it's good to see him continue to get work and continue to mold this character and get to do There's cool like stuff with it. There's still mention of a, uh, and I think you might know more of, about this than me, Ewan, but like, uh, aren't they planning a crossover show? Uh, no, that's not been a fit. That's been the rumor for uh-huh. a while, but I think it would be easy to integrate Cal uh-huh. Kestis. The other thing I wanted to mention here is that Stig Asmussen has left Respawn. That yes. happened a few weeks ago as well, which is interesting because obviously he was such a key pivotal figure on the first two Jedi games. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be curious to see how, you know, Respawn do that moving forward. They've got two other Star Wars games in development as well. There's the yep. FPS uh, mm-hmm. new franchise coming in and then there's also that real-time strategy game I think they announced. Yeah, they've hardly detailed that, that at all. That there are some of the game that they've announced. It's probably not an idea. They're definitely doing the first person that. one because it's like yeah, in it's the vein of like Dark Forces yeah. and whatever. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name, but there's the, the female-led one. What was that one called? That's Oh, the Ubisoft. Oh, that's Outlaws. That's the Ubisoft yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. that'll be them doing the, the Ubisoft template with yeah, Star yeah, well, Wars No, skin. I'm not expecting anything of it. Just Leatherface skin it over the end of whatever the hell they've got <laughs> and uh, try it out again. But um, yeah, in regards to this stuff, uh, I would say from my point of view, like other than outside of the TV realm with Andor and stuff, I think that the Jedi games have the most goodwill surrounding them. Like a yeah, lot of totally. people, you know, like love um, Cameron Monaghan and love, like Jedi Survival was such a great step up when it worked that I absolutely loved it um, when it worked. And so it's one of those things. I just can't <laughs> forgive that game, but it was because it was so phenomenal that it was so annoying that it didn't work until now. I am planning on going back through it though because I really want to do all the bounties and the extra stuff. I have yeah. some interesting theories for this next game as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, not to give any spoilers away no, to your side, but they've kind of been seeding or hinting at Cal's darker side over the course of cool. these last two games. I was games. just thinking that, yeah. I, I'm very, and the way that Jedi Survivor ends very much leaves the door open to we're going to go even darker for the third mm. game. I'm really curious to see how they do that because obviously the further you go into the original trilogy, the, the Galactic Civil War element, the more you encroach on that original Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. I thought Jedi Survivor made the right move to keep it all grounded within its own space, you know, dive into bits of the High Republic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing I'm hoping for, let's get some playable Marin in this time. Marin's a great character. We Which one? Who's Marin? A night sister lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of, like, because, like you said, they kind of have had that seeded since yeah. the very beginning that you could do more with the night sisters in that general order. I'll take an evil Sith man. There's yeah. not any, any evil Sith. Anyone? I don't really care. Yeah. Give me evil Sith. Yeah. I want to be evil. Yeah, do it. Starkiller Force. Do, it now. do you like Starkiller? At the time, I remember being so psyched for Force Unleashed. And there's that bit where he pulls the Star Destroyer out the sky. Yeah. And then in the game, it was that really was bad a, quick it time was event. It was a really, really frustrating mission. It was like the most hyped up thing. Like, you can pull down a Star Destroyer. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God. It's like, wiggle the thumbsticks left to <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm yeah. kind of amazed they haven't made like a Star Killer unlockable DLC costume. For well, because they renamed the, the planet. Like, Survivor the, or whatever. Just they just wiped them. him out. Like, Star Killer is now the name of the base from the yeah. new canon. So they yeah, were yeah. just like, oh, unless they do a weird record and pretend again another nerd named after him, him. They, Dave Filoni did consider bringing back Starkiller for Star Wars Rebels okay. as an Inquisitor and Sam Witwer the guy who played Starkiller in the games and there's also the voice of Darth Maul mm. in the Clone Wars and Rebels TV shows and mm-hmm. stuff he's basically said that if they were going to do it right they'd have to put a unique twist on it more than just he is Inquisitor guy right um, but I think Game would be the perfect place to do that. Bring him in, have him have him be that dark reflection of Cal. Although obviously, that over the nuts. past few games, we've <laughs> we've literally had like several characters that have mm. been. This is what Cal would be like if he went bad. And he it's, goes underground. You know, he goes into a cave. He sees a mirror of himself. Yeah, it's the way That's, things go. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Um, one final bit of that is just the general question on like where Star Wars is at because it's like they've steered into so many things all at once. The Soka's currently rolling out as we're recording this, um, and that's kind of getting mixed responses. Good but show. some people, some people liking it. I was bored to tears and I gave up. But a lot of people are liking it. Um, Sai is someone who's a bit more mixed on Star Wars overall. What would get you back in, if anything? Uh, nope. 
That's it. That's it that's now. Smart. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. Rise of the Skywalker was too much for me. Yep, it after, did kill me. After the promise that Last Jedi had. Yeah, I'm one of those people. That's good. Uh, you should stick to your guns. I, I hated that film. And I just... <laughs> I don't have much... I don't have much time for too many TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to invest Andor, back into though. Andor's really good. Yeah, but then, Andor, the, Andor, but then Andor, when I watch Andor, what do I have to watch after that? That's no, nothing, more nothing, Andor. Season two Andor's coming, so just, you just wait for that. Andor, Andor, Andor. Andor. <laughs> Andor, Andor. <laughs> Andor is really good. Next news item down is Xbox series Nick Baker saying in regards to the ongoing, I guess it was ongoing, but it happened last week, Bethesda leak, uh, all the different games that Bethesda have in development, all the things that they've got coming up in the future. One thing that was mentioned as part of that leak was a licensed IP game. We didn't know what that was. Mm. According to Xbox series Nick Baker, it's a Disney game, a licensed IP game under the Disney banner. So I've Included this is just a, what the hell could Bethesda and Disney be working on? Star Wars, <laughs> more Star Wars. Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, I thought that, I thought Star Wars made sense last week. It probably still yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you could do like imagine a, how boring and late the party a Bethesda Marvel game would be. Oh god, you imagine that? And we're going to go at the Quantum Mania, everyone. <laughs> you no. need something that has the um, the scope. If you assumedly, if you go down Bethesda strength, it's a big open world RPG. You could do a Star Wars version of that, kind of like that Outlaws thing, but find some townships. It would just be Starfield at some point. Yeah. I mean, Disney is a very broad umbrella at yeah. this point. Like, what do, as you what say, don't we, they own? <laughs> we were like, well, we, yeah, we were sort of theorizing that it could be LucasArts originally, hence Star Wars. But Disney, yeah, it could be something from 20th Century Fox. It's still technically Disney. True, true. <laughs> the Simpsons, open world. Yeah, oh, give me that. First right. person. Right. Talking to the right people. Antagonize Mo or something. Just do Virtual Springfield, but let Bethesda develop it. Oh my God, you didn't pay for your beer in Mo. You get, you get to bring Mo as a companion <laughs> or something. Sorry, you can design a character and be a custom Simpson. You talk about stuff being late to the party, though. Is The Simpsons anyone? Anyone yeah, there? I think there's nostalgia still to yeah, There is, there is. That show can subsist entirely on its first 12 seasons. Yeah, it has been so far. Yeah, so, <laughs> for the most part. I mean, maybe they do a weird, like, I don't know, like, it's so weird thinking of Bethesda being in a licensed space. Or that That's the thing, yeah. Before, and, like, how would they shift their aesthetic to accommodate something like yeah. a Star Wars? We, have, we don't even know what the Indiana Jones game is going to look right. like no. yet, so... It's an interesting one because I can't imagine them doing like, let's do a Disney Pixar RPG or whatever. It feels <laughs> like it's going to be a mature kind of thing that has inspired their games already. And mm. kind of where my brain went as well. It's mm-hmm. like, if they're going to go into license, let's just go nuts with it and do basically like a Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> mm. either an entry in Kingdom Hearts or yeah, like a Pixar equivalent or a bunch of other Disney stuff yeah. that's going to be strung together. I'm uh, blanking on the name of it, but there is that ongoing game that's a bit like Animal Crossing with all the Disney characters oh, in Disney it. Oh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Yes, yeah. they could do something Quite as wide as that. that. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yeah, the a most, lot of articles on Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> it's the most like under... So you're under the... Like under the radar kind of release for it. All of a sudden, it was just everywhere. Like we didn't see much of the in the run up to it. Um, it's interesting though in terms of them developing it um, because that game, the Indiana Jones game, is developed by Machine Games. It's overseen by Todd Howard. But this, in theory, would be something developed by Bethesda, which throws it even more out of whack because their their quality control, their level of polish is so not there. And uh, even something like Starfield uh, was when it released years ago and came out in the version that it Hello. is now. Disney money. They got Disney, Disney money. money. Maybe that leads to more time and yeah. What is your absolute wildest like Disney game prediction that you would want Bethesda to make? I'm just gonna put it out there, gargoyles. <laughs> I was gonna say you want you want something that's like over like Titan AE or like one of those old like animations. Darkwing Duck. From like the nineties or something. Yeah, something like that. Like um yeah, I'll take the Duck Dodgers in the twenty fourth and a half. That's Warner Brothers, mate. Is he not going? Disney not, not got no, him no, yet? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Give it a I, couple I of weeks and yeah. As a fellow Warner Brothers man who believes in the superiority of the Brothers Warner over Disney, I would absolutely need more Looney Tunes games. <laughs> a fellow but, Warner brother. Yeah. It's um yeah. I'm trying to think of like older random animated stuff from the 
2000s to the late 90s, my mind went to Titan AE, but that's the best I could do. I kind of want a post-apocalyptic Disney World Simulator game. Well, they're where, all just they're all just where dead. Where that is like the last surviving outpost <laughs> of humanity. Oh, and it's, over the Russians. <laughs> it's, it's what's left of Disney World is the last outpost, and you, that's where you. That live. would be a great character study. And they like, base all their knowledge of the old world yeah. on what's left of Disney. Oh, uh, Mickey, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but like the yes, idea Donald of, like, will remember that. How would they all survive based on the way that they're built? Like, who was the first one to go feral? I think, like, yeah, just Donald Duck losing his mind. Donald Duck has a darkness. He would him. eat Mickey, like, before Mickey eats him. Oh, yeah, like, he'd yeah. eat him on day one. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, He's got to feed his family. Arms. He's got the three kids and everything. Yeah. There's a lot of, we've been talking about this earlier, there's a lot of ducks in Disney. There's a lot of yeah. ducks to yeah, feed. They need, they too many ducks, if anything, like they, I would say. It's like when ducks. DC had too many Supermen. They need to have yeah. a Crisis on Infinite Earths or something. <laughs> <laughs> crisis on Infinite Ducks. It's got to be done. Next item down is Red Dead Redemption 2 being rated in Brazil for the Switch, um, which is an interesting follow-up to Red Dead Redemption 1's, I was going to say remaster, it's not really port to the Switch. Um, and now <laughs> the assumption being that Rockstar are going to follow up with Red Dead Redemption 2. Maybe? I mean, miracle ports have happened before. The Witcher runs on Switch fairly well, providing mm. you hold it in handheld and hold it, like, don't look too don't, close because then it's all derailed. Don't, don't play directly If you get the, the distance just yeah. right, it's all right. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm not expecting this to work very well on Still Switch at all. don't have a current-gen patch for that game. No, still thing. Rockstar, man. <laughs> God Put it. the GTA Online down just for one day mm. and do something else. Um, but yeah, I guess general thoughts on, I guess, you know, Rockstar thoughts or general thoughts on Red Dead 2 being the next thing that they're putting this money into. madness to me because I played the, <laughs> madness. Cloud, the cloud version, I played the demo, I should say, of the right. cloud version of Resident Evil Village and it just did not run whatsoever. Mm. So like, there's no way they're fitting Red Dead Redemption 2 it can't, it has to be a cloud version <laughs> because of just the scope of it. And ergo, it just won't work. I wonder if this is some sort of weird confusion. Um, <laughs> and this is going to be for a, the future console, the Switch 2. Oh, that's a really good point. Thing. Like maybe they jumped the gun a little mm. bit with this yeah, thing. Yeah. And it's actually for uh, whatever that next, yeah, whatever the successor. Because the uh, mm -hmm. it just doesn't seem possible. That's a really good point. Um, because, yeah, in theory, we're eminent for that thing. Um, where our game, the recent Gamescom apparently was shown off behind closed doors, yeah. and it seems like maybe they're going to have a, a reveal yeah, before the end of the year. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, so that, that's a really good point. It could just end up running natively on there. Or I completely forgot about how many cloud games they have, like RE7 and Hitman. Yeah, but I still don't think, whatever. I don't think it would work. Yeah. It just feels too big. You'd be waiting tw 10 minutes to skin a deer, sort of. <laughs> the loading times in that game are already vicious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, like, the size of the cartridge and everything. You couldn't make it downloadable. It would max all the switches, the hard drive space exactly. out. Yeah, there's got to be something Hence in there impossible. that would make it make I mean. sense. Like I the need next more RAM space, Arthur. <laughs> more space, more storage. And <laughs> um, the next thing down is the Spider-Man 2 TV spot. Again, um, from a Brazilian TV show, um, leaking, showing Peter, fi Peter Parker fighting Venom. Um, I've not seen this yet, but you both have. General thoughts on what it left you with. It's just another one of those kind of like generic, you know, launch trailer CGI things that you get before like football matches or like mm, general yeah. like on TV. You know, it's, it has no gameplay, but it looks pretty. It's well produced. There's some... We nice kind of noticed the atmosphere to it. Yeah, like it does show because it's showing Peter fighting Venom. There is a, a runaway fan theory that I very much believe mm -hmm. that Peter is Venom at some point in this story. Peter does merge with the symbiote. And I'm still hoping for that. I've, so I'm going to lay my cards out on the table, right, uh, Scott? I think what happens in Sp Marvel Spider-Man Two is that Harry wakes up. He's been regooped by the symbiote. He's all <laughs> fine and dandy. Symbiote see notices Peter and he's like, "You got some of that spider juice in you. I kind of want a bit of that." Mm. So the symbiote goes and attaches himself to Peter. 
And now Harry's like, well, crap, that's the thing that was kind of keeping me alive. Like, that's kind of a bit <laughs> awkward. And then Peter's like, oh no, I'm killing you now by having the symbiote. Let's try and figure out a way to cure you. And he just gets more and more stressed out and more like angry and powerful. Mm. And he's got all of this stuff with Craven going along. Mm. And then somewhere, somehow, I think Miles and him will come to blows and then the symbiote will go back to Harry. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So then battle also happened to Harry and that's how you get the classic kind of like, obviously not classic, but the traditional Spider-Man and and Peter versus a Venom that is not himself. That is a purely um, random theory. You had Brian Interhall, I think creative director, definitely someone from Insomniac, saying that it's not going to be Eddie Brock. No. um, Which is interesting. That would be like the the vintage way to go or the standard way to go or whatever. Um, Side thoughts on where you're at on Spider-Man? There's people out there campaigning for it to be Eddie Brock and I'm just like, Mm. can't we do something different? Yeah, do something different. It's nice that it's something different. I like the different and stuff they've done so far mm-hmm. and to that end I actually do hope that there is some kind of swerve in there like they're very obviously setting it up to be Harry and that's fine I mean it's di- certainly different but because they've shown me and alluded to it like nah you're <laughs> not going to do that I wonder almost if it's going to be Norman or something it's just going to leap and be like mm. it would be interesting because you know. in the Ultimate Comics Norman's Green Goblin form was like kind of hulky right. I'm curious to see how they do Goblin because they've already teased sure. the equipment yeah. in the previous games if you go into the, the room where Miles' spider gets hitches around an MJ mm. there's like the, the pumpkin bombs are there just not like orange or whatever they're just kind of purple and I think mm-hmm. you can see the prototype glider suit as well so, yeah. so I think they're leading into man-made Gobbo um, <laughs> it, I, I don't think they dropped that bomb here. 
I don't know. Goblin it's, bomb. I just I love this mythos that they've crafted. It's like so far and away ahead of where the comics have been for the past like 15, yeah. 20 years because right. like none of them have been pushed That's forward. What I mean, like in my sort of dream version of it, Norman becomes Venom and then Harry becomes the Goblin or something. Love, Obviously, I you can do that, Harry like something Goblin. like that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of swerves. But maybe it won't. Maybe it's quite simple as it seems, and that's fun too. The TV spot looked great. Just another reminder for me to actually get on pre-order the game. I need to Web pre-order too. Web wings. Web we wings. Should, we just keep talking about Spidey for a bit because it's such a massive release, and it's one of those things where obviously you mentioned Most anticipated before. game of the year. Do we think? I, for me, it would have been it was right Starfield, but like there's there have been so many this year, and obviously RE4 remake and stuff. But definitely for the rest of the year, yeah, because um, it's like Alan Wake two and Spidey feel like the next two that have got the most conversation around them. Um, but yeah, with Spidey, I mean, like the whole thing with that we mentioned before with Cal Kestis, um, I keep saying Cal Kestis, but it's Cameron Monaghan discussing the idea of a third installment. Like, are we going into Spidey two thinking? Oh, but the Jedi. No, no, no. Are we going into Spidey 2 thinking it's a middle installment? Like, oh. whatever happens in this next one, yeah. we're not looking for a level of finality I, to I it. Think that, that I think Insomniac get their trilogy mm. here, and then I think maybe what happens after right. that, they go on to a different long-term project, another studio maybe does spin-offs or something. Right, okay. Um, mm. I do think that... I think they'll. I think the smart play here mm-hmm. is to hold off on Green Goblin and have him for the sure. finale and have that be your big kind of trilogy capping moment. <laughs> and if we're going into subverting expectations as well, obviously the whole thing that drives Harry to become Green Goblin is that he, you know, sees Peter or Spider-Man killing Norman. Mm-hmm. One of the thing that drives Norman to become Green Goblin is that he sees Spider-Man killing. Harry, or something mm-hmm, like that, so mm-hmm, you flip mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's interesting, it's, it's, it's so unpredictable, which is something you can't really say about the superhero genre at the mm-hmm. minute, so, sure. yeah. That's why it's worth fleshing out just a little bit, because in terms of, like, they have everything to play for, and, like, I'm not going to do spoilers for um, the original Spider-Man, Somniac Spider-Man, but there is a big swerve at the end of that with the main character um, who doesn't make it through, and I didn't see that coming at all, and I, I don't keep up with the comics anymore, so I don't know if that's something that's happened over there as well, but I like that they've established that now anything can happen, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, that's kind of fascinating in terms of the amount of different pieces they have to play with and then obviously them getting out ahead of all the Venom stuff and saying it's not going to be Eddie Brock it's going to be someone else and um, made me think of something we talked about ages ago about like the Predator movie genre if you just put a put a Predator in any timeline in any scenario and it'll make it'll make it better you can put a Predator in anything it'll be great you can probably put a symbiote in anything and it'll be great as well you should also so, just have a Spider-Man Predator crossover bring it back to the 90s and yeah. <laughs> everything that'd be cool um, but yeah we'll find out more in October the fact that this is leaked but it is listed as a TV spot and like you and said it's all CG based and everything assuming they'll start doing the rounds a lot more regularly um, sure. because the game's out in like three and a bit weeks anyway <gasps> which is low key insane uh, but the next news thing down is a Scream game developed by Supermassive Games um, this is only a rumour for now I know <laughs> <laughs> this is only a rumor for now. Um, coming from a Twitter account t- called the Tipster, who's been read right about a few things over the years, but it's one of those things that sounds could legit. be sounds legit to <laughs> Not me. The Tipster man. There's like, there's insider games. There's the Tipster. There's the, there's loads of them. But in regards to this, I think it's more of a talking point anyway because we've got Friday the Thirteenth, we've got Texas Chainsaw, um, you've got the Supermassive games obviously done until dawn, which for me was one of the best PlayStation exclusives of the last generation. And if this is true, I'm just taking this more as a talking point. Um, the idea that Supermassive need a win. They've had so many things over the years that didn't win. Um, Hidden Agenda kind of fell apart. They had that really horrible first-person military shooter thing that no one played. There's loads of stuff that didn't work. They had a one, um, and I'm blank, at the quarry from last year or the year before that was more of a return to form. I couldn't get on board with the quarry that much, but I remember Josh Brown really liking it. Um, I guess where either of you are on Supermassive in general and the idea of them doing a Scream game. I'm not really playing any of their stuff, unfortunately. You play like, until oh, dawn, you'd love it. I, I, I know, it's definitely on a to-do list, yeah, for yeah. sure. Stuff I've seen, it looks really cool. I've mm-hmm. actually got a friend who works there, so I feel like extra bad. Oh, okay. Um, 
So I again, I would love a win for them. This seems like a potential slam dunk, mm -hmm. but also there is also the concern, as you said, you just listed off a bunch of games that it might well <laughs> just wind up being like uh -huh. uh, and competing for that same sort of attention. So. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that is, of course, we just saw Evil Dead die, unfortunately. True. There is only so much space for these kind of... It depends whether we, the... I mean, we don't know what it is, right? Yeah. I'm just making an assumption, because you've listed those games, quite right to, to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd be interested, if it's something completely unexpected, do something really cool and new with a the franchise. They could do, because the Hidden Agenda was a great idea where you uh, tethered all your phones into it, and it was like some people were the detectives and some people were the criminals right. or whatever, and they, you know, they didn't, they didn't go all the way with that, and then Among yeah. Us did, and like BBC's The Traitors did, and it's like you've got all these sort of, um, the Among Us genre is almost its own thing. Something like AR with Scream would be really cool, actually. Right. That fits so perfectly. I'm just thinking you play, maybe online, one of you is, the, is Ghostface, but no one knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally, that's like it, it's the perfect whodunit setup. I mean, mm. I, I would be just as happy with like a proper, like story-driven kind of classic, traditional, super massive, or super giant, super massive, super massive for super this, massive yeah. um, kind of scream game because like. I think that lends itself so well. Make it its own original story. Don't try and adapt anything because that sure. would defeat the entire purpose of it. <laughs> um, definitely don't go the isometric multiplayer horror route because we've got too many of those games at the yeah, end anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to make it where you could literally have that interactive element and then someone in the story is like, Ghostface, but no one else knows, and they've got to kind of like figure out a way of doing it. I would, I would love that. I kind of hope yeah. they do like a because um, I love Until Dawn so much. I think that's legit one of the best PS4 exclusives. Like it's way, way up there. Um, it's paced so well. The reveals are great. It's really twisty, turny, but it's so satisfying. We're not sponsored by Supermassive whatsoever. I just love mm -hmm. that game. Um, but still, that was entirely single player. Like, um, mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's really good to play with a bunch of friends, and you all make the decisions together. And um, but that seemed to be their strength. And the same with the Quarry, even though it has lots of um, bits where it's telling you, you know, the entire player base this and whatever there are online components to it in terms of the things that it's bringing in um but to do the scream stuff properly i don't know if you would need to nail the campaign and then do all that do a story thing but then the online mode is ostensibly just among us with like way higher budget and with yeah. more permutations to how you take people it's out interesting because it's like i could totally see them doing a i mean the fact that texas chainsaw massacre exists and it's literally only got the license for the first mm. movie and they're planning to have a longevity there is ridiculous but it means that literally anything can happen because mm -hmm. i was going to say that a scream isometric horror multiplayer game would be kind of limiting because you have Ghostface who just uses the same knife. You can have different Ghostface yeah. killers and they could maybe have different perks. Got a gun in the new one. Different, yeah, yeah, different survivors <laughs> and stuff, but it ultimately kind of played very similarly. Mm -hmm. Whereas with like this, you can really lean into the coolness and like the 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 nineties vibes and I stuff. I would love it if for the sake of game mechanics, if it was like, say I'm the killer, we're all playing together, we're in the house, we're in some sort of lodge or somewhere. You as if you're the killer, you have to specifically get out of eye shot so you can put the cloak on and then try and take someone out, and then you've got to come up with an alibi, and it, there's like a trust meter. I don't know, you, you give them yeah, for the whole thing. Yeah, That'd excuses be great. for everyone to get away from each other. Yeah, and you've got to convince them on voice chat as well. Ghostface <laughs> is the perfect character for that kind of experience as well, because he gets his ass kicked mm. all the time in the films. Mm. The whole He's thing is that Ghostface is just a dude, and yeah. he gets like punched in the face. Because then you can like, still get away yeah, and yeah, stay yeah. as Ghostface. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, and then it's like, why have you got? Why is your character model bruised? Oh, I fell downstairs. Yeah. You know, there's reasons you can legitimately injure yourself. I know we've then you've got debate whether it's a real injury or if yeah, yeah. socked you. I, mean, I know we just like do my own Matthew Lillard impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's not 
funny, man. It's a pop culture <laughs> short. But uh, yeah, in regards to this thing right now, it is only a rumor online. We've just fan made a whole. It. Thank We've you made the, the best version Thank there. Thank you, just the tipster. <laughs> Maybe the tipster was me all along. The Batman villain. It's the um, hopefully it's something close to that final news item, which we'll do a little bit more quickly. Apologies for the shorter podcast today, but we've been filming stuff all day, and we still want to do a little podcast in the afternoon. But the final news thing that I've got written down is Hideo Kojima's Xbox game, which got uh, announced in 2021, um, has just got a quick update from Phil Spencer talking to Japanese website Game Watch, saying that things are progressing very well, and he's looking forward to meeting Kojima next week, apparently, um, with Hideo uh, trying something entirely new with his game, which is interesting. This is a general talking point because there were so many projects that were hovering around Kojima across the last few years. Obviously, there was PT, um, not like a whole lot of stuff happened with that. There's a bunch of Silent Hill stuff that's happening now. Kojima went to do Death Stranding. He's doing Death Stranding 2. There was an episodic horror game that was going to be on Google Stadia, which completely fell apart. And the assumption is that this Xbox game is that. It's whatever the guts of that thing were. Uh, Maybe even conceptually, maybe he had to restart development or whatever. Um, But thoughts from either of you on what this entirely new thing could be? Because the last time we got that, it was Death Stranding, and it was the Strand genre, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think there is obviously quite a safe assumption that it is horror mm-hmm. because as you just listed, there's a bunch of times where he tried to do something horror and it didn't mm-hmm. work out and it's clearly something that he's passionate about. I don't know though. I'm kind of mm. tired of talking about it. I want to see him do something <laughs> else weird and wonderful. I'm not sure if I want a horror thing from him. Anymore. No, I mean, it might not be. I kind of just want a Hideo Kojima game where it's just him in the Criterion closet and he gets to make <laughs> all the movies that he wants to watch and then we watch the movies with Hideo Kojima. On a yeah, serious it, note. It's a trivia game with, yeah. with him asking you questions about movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When he was in He'd that, love that as well. In that video, he was talking about how he, he wanted to spotlight specifically Japanese movies. So he picked a lot of those and like he picked up a few horror films. I think he picked up House as one of them as well mm-hmm. i'd love to see because obviously we've seen a lot of kojima's work is heavily influenced by like um western pop culture obviously you know escape from new york like looms large over metal oh, yeah, and, solid yeah. and stuff Definitely. like that um so mm-hmm. i'd be curious to see if maybe that that video could be an indication of, well maybe my brain right now is looking at maybe traditional japanese horror and maybe mm-hmm. incorporating that into a video game because mm-hmm. i'd love to see that perspective shine through because it's always great to see that kind of american pop culture through that like uh you know, a different lens because it's always kind of exaggerated and really mm. fun and, and adventurous. Mm. But at the same time, I think it would be nice to see him depart from those influences. You know, don't feel the need to reach for like American actors or whatever. Maybe <laughs> just do something that is like mm. leading into those those movies that he was championing in that video. It's mm-hmm. a really cute video. You should all go watch it if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what? You've convinced me actually. Because, uh, <laughs> like thinking of Silent Hill and the transmission thing from a million years ago now where they uh, revealed Silent Hill F. That was the thing that everyone popped for mm-hmm, the most. Mm-hmm. Not just because it was, you know, partly because it was a brand new Silent Hill experience. I'm like, oh, we're getting a new entry, a proper theory, a proper entry. But it was such a departure because, like, oh, it looks like it's influenced more by Japanese horror. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's set in Japan and stuff like that. That could be interesting. People are interested in that kind of thing right now. Like Mm -hmm. Japanese horror has always got a lot of intrigue for Western audiences. Mm -hmm. um, And he obviously has a massive Western audience. So you could tap into that as well as his love for that kind of cinema. As you Mm -hmm. say, it'd be really interesting to see him handle some kind of freaky Japanese ghost lore stuff or some nutso kaiju things throw that <laughs> in as well. You know what he's like it's suddenly shift genre in the middle I was going to say blend it up whatever he starts with is not what he'll end with yes, it's, I mean. it's always we'll going to go through some go from a nice some... low key ghost story to find yeah. a giant demon man. I don't know whether he just needs to at some point just make a movie to get out of his system I know he always says that <laughs> gaming's like the, the ultimate medium and whatever else and he's very filmic he's brought up watching films every night with his dad and everything but at the same time like um, so much of Death Stranding was cutscene a lot of it was gameplay too but like the end of that game being 
being like a two-hour movie is yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> but in terms of the uh, Japanese horror stuff, um, makes me think of things like Siren Blood Curse, which is like had a really cool yes. mechanic where you could jack between different enemies or different players. Terrible game though. I liked it. You're fun. Terrible voice acting. As True, well. <laughs> but I mean, I just had the Japanese audio and stuff. But like, um, but that still had like a unique mechanic in terms of like um, sight jacking between different characters and then realizing that you were actually jumping into the head of the creature that's about to jump someone and then realizing it's you that's about to be attacked. Right. Little things like that were really, really cool. Um, but yeah, the fact that Phil Spencer is saying he's going to catch up next week, hopefully we'll get some more information with then. With then, hopefully we get more information then. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Cy White. Thank you all. And joined by you and Patterson. Thank you as well. <laughs> Thank all of you for listening and we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.